Good afternoon. I hope you are all well. And today we are discussing investment properties on sale. Now you're going to find what I'm going to go through today in a little bit more detail on the YouTube uh, video this week. Same title at YouTube slash McKinnis Marketing. There's a blog post up about this, which focuses on a few different points. So not as in-depth as what I'm going to go into right now. But today I'm going to discuss um, reasons behind, obviously, buying an investment property and what those look like in a little bit more detail. Uh, So there's basically two reasons to purchase uh, an investment property. You're buying for either, well, two reasons or, of course, a blended circumstance absolute perfect world. Uh, The first reason would be for capital appreciation. So you're putting your money into a piece of real estate, you put a tenant in there, you forget about it, and uh, you're expecting it to grow. So you buy it at a price today, and your expectation is to sell it at a higher price tomorrow, whenever tomorrow may be. And in the meantime, uh, have a tenant in there. Very difficult with the new tax laws to uh, keep it vacant, which doesn't really make too much sense anyway, but each to their own. That's the first reason capital appreciation. The second reason is cash flow. So in this circumstance, you'd be looking at the cap rate of the investment vehicle, i.e. the investment property. Uh, For those of you who don't know, a cap rate is basically the net income or, of course, a net loss of uh, the property divided by the purchase price. So all your costs in, minus out of your monthly return. Uh, That's going to give you either an income or a loss every month. And then you're going to divide that by the purchase price to get the cap rate of what that investment would yield or what it will return. So that is a number that you're going to use to put against investing in other circumstances and really gauge if it's good or bad or how competitive this type of investment is with regards to how much money you're putting in, so on and so forth. You've heard of the dividend for a stock. Um, that's essentially the same sort of thing. What sort of yield return are you getting annually for that investing in that stock or what sort of return you're getting investing in that business? It, it puts it on that kind of same playing field as other investments. So you can really gauge if this is kind of good or bad, or obviously if you're just going to favor real estate, then fair enough. But that's what we're looking for now, a cash flowing investment, um, preferably positive, more commonly negative. Uh, and we'll go into what it looks like to actually get a, a break-even and a possibly cash-flowing investment here in Vancouver. So I'm not going to go through all the numbers because I don't want to lose you or bore you. Um, by way of interest rates, I'm taking a very common current uh, 25-year uh, amortization on a five-year fixed term, uh, 3.74%, just so you know, um, if you want to follow along to that detail. Uh, also taking into consideration, obviously, all the strata fees, the taxes. What I like to think about is at least a, a buffer of $100 a month that you would want to put aside if you're holding an investment property for fixes and, and repairing and detailing uh, and all that sort of stuff. I have not included that. But um, And I've also, for these examples, taken uh, a factor of 20% uh, down payment, so we're not including any high-ratio premiums or anything like that with regards to the mortgage. So, end of the day, um, the subject property is a $625,000 one-bedroom, one-bathroom condo in Mount Pleasant, Vancouver, and this is a a newer building, concrete building, and uh, your rent on this is going to be $2,200 a month, which the uh, purchaser just secured a tenant for at that rate. So that is very relative to today as well. So all in your cost to own this 
piece of uh, real estate monthly is $2,950 and the return on this is $2,200. So the total return for the investment is minus $750 a month. So to purchase this investment, $625,000 condo with 20% down, which is usually the ceiling deposit of most transactions, uh, at least that I see, um, this is going to be a negatively cash flowing investment at the tune of $750 a month. So just for you to break even on all payments and everything, well, you're not breaking even, but for you to bring it up to par, you're going to have to tack in another $750 out of your own pocket to make that investment vehicle break even every month. Now, back to the title, investment property is getting cheaper. Uh, the deposit for that $625,000 unit is, of course, $125,000. If we adjust that price down, and let's say that the purchase can now be purchased due to the softening market. Uh, the condo can now be purchased for 600 even. So we're looking at $25,000 off the top purchase price all in uh, at a $600,000 purchase now for this one bedroom that still rents for 2200 a month. So now 20% of that is 600 or sorry, is $120,000 even. Uh, so $5,000 cash out of your pocket less than before. So that helps. Um, costs on this now monthly are all in 2847 still minus out of your return, which is the same. The rent is 2200 a month. So now you're at a total return of minus $647 a month. So at $25,000 less purchase price, uh, you're looking at about $100 less loss a month for purchasing uh, at that difference numbers-wise. So that's kind of interesting. Most commonly from my experience, I'm seeing people purchase with the expectation of principal growth and capital appreciation and uh, not by way of getting this investment to a cash positive, a cash flowing uh, positive uh, level because the, uh, the barrier to entry now to get the deposit amount large enough to make everything work is, is the biggest hurdle we're seeing. So now just to talk on that, to get this $625,000 one bedroom condo at a break even or a slightly cash flowing into a slightly cash flowing position, you need to put down 45% of the purchase price. So a little bit more than the most common maximum uh, doubled. So again, most commonly we're seeing people put down up to 20%. Most are putting down less. Uh, and the circumstance of this $625,000 condo, which rents for $2,200 a month, you're going to have to put 45% down to get it positively cash flowing. So at 45%, your cash deposit is going to have to be $281,250. Now, at that rate, all in once strata and mortgage and taxes are paid. Your monthly ownership cost is $2,150. Of course, the rental return is $2,200. So you're at a positively cash flowed position of $50 a month. So this is kind of the biggest hurdle in getting into local Vancouver domestic cash flow real estate these days because the rents, though they're very high in Vancouver, do not compare uh, when you're doing the cap rate equation to getting you 
into the property at a remotely realistic deposit price. So almost 50% deposit here, which is just over quarter million dollars cash uh, put in is going to return you $50 a month. So up to you if you favor real estate. Of course, there are other forms of real estate you can get into investment wise through the stock market and so forth. But here, if you want hard, the hard asset of a, of a, of a unit, uh, you've got to go out and purchase it and place a tenant. You either do that yourself the cheapest way. If you're going to get a management company in, of course, you're tacking on that, that monthly cost as well in regards to the, uh, the overall cost in that cap rate equation, which assists you in struggling even further. But uh, to get to a cash flow positive return on, on a relatively entry-level unit at $650,000 for a one-bedroom, again, not that that's cheap, but when we're looking at buildings worth buying in today, that definitely sits around the bottom price range realm of that. It's going to return you $50 a month. So just to give you some perspective on what it actually looks like out there, if you're wanting uh, a positively cash-flowing piece of real estate, uh, it's very difficult. And these are the kind of the equations that you're looking at to get to that point. Now, there's some other uh, tangibles, of course. I'm going to speed up here as we're finishing off. Um, making sure you're using a realtor that knows what they're doing, has experience. So they're putting you in a building where you're ideally not going to have any assessments. Because, of course, if you buy into a building and you've got all this worked out, especially if you're in a negative cash flowing position, and then a, an assessment comes along in a year or two and you've got to pay thousands out of pocket as well, that's severely adjusting your your typically negative cash flowing piece of real estate as well and if you're lucky enough to have it positively cash flowing that can put you in the negative of course pretty quickly um, and also remembering that I'm using standard rates for uh, for principal purchases um, meaning if it's your principal residence just for ease in this conversation uh, if you do go to the bank and you're looking at buying an investment property the rates you're going to receive uh, are going to be different than the ones you're going to receive if you're buying your principal residence. They're not going to be as uh, as appealing, I'll say, uh, as the rates you're going to be receiving when purchasing your principal residence. I'll let you discuss with your broker on that. If you need any broker recommendations, of course, we've got mortgage specialists with all the banks as well as mortgage brokers. Uh, they can get you alternate lending in town here. We're more than happy to refer some names. And if you have any other questions with regards to investing in real estate in Vancouver on either of these categories, looking for that cash flow positive return, or of course that growth, uh, growth return, uh, a bit longer term there and uh, what's the best buildings and neighborhoods and so on and so forth to buy in, what to really look out for. We're more than happy to chat to you. 604-771-4606, jmckinnismarketing.com. Thank you for listening. Sorry it's 11 minutes. Try and keep it under 10. Have a good week ahead, and I look forward to speaking to you next Friday. Bye-bye.